Hi, Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Grateful Heart TV. I'm so excited to bring you today's show. Today's show, I have Joe Smith with Epic Mortgage and Anthony Penna of Lawyers Title coming on. And they are sharing their industry knowledge about why today is not like it was 15, 13, 12 years ago. We are not going into a big recession. We are not going to have a big boom in real estate. We are not going to see all of our values just drop in half. And these guys are going to tell us why. So I want you guys to get out your notepad and listen away today because this is important. If you want to buy a home or sell a home, you need to listen today. Welcome to our show and thanks for joining us. This is Grateful Heart, the motivational Arizona real estate and business show. We're here to inspire you to believe in yourself, to dare to dream about your infinite and divine possibilities, to blow open your mind to creating your most abundant reality possible as our thoughts are so powerful. I found turning my own personal grief into gratitude raised my vibration to be in tune for receiving prosperity, help and connecting to God's source. I'm your host, Rebecca Rains of Integrity All-Stars at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I have been selling homes here in the Valley since 1993. If you have any questions and are watching us live on our Facebook page, you can comment and we will do our best to answer while we are live on the show, so do not be shy. Today on our program, we have some great guests for you. Live from Phoenix, Arizona, it's The Grateful Heart Show with your host, Rebecca Rains. Welcome to Grateful Heart TV. Today, I have on the show Joe Smith with Epic Mortgage here. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Joe. Long time no see. It's been a minute. And then I have Anthony Penna of Lawyer's Title here on our big screen. Welcome, Anthony. So Welcome. We, welcome from Lawyer's Title. So I have to share... Both of these guys are great supporters of the show. They come on regularly. They they even have commercials, and I love them. And I love them for so many reasons besides the fact that they are very tuned into the market here locally. And we're piggybacking on last week's show, which we had appraiser Robert Oglesby of Appraisal Tech come on and talk about all the issues that we have with appraisals right now because of what's happened with our market. That was a great show. You should check it out if you haven't. That was really a I, lot of information. I agree. And it's about it's about matter of going back and ta and just listening to it because anybody who's in the market today is dealing with the issue of appraisals because the market's gone up so fast this last year. But as the markets come up, what we keep hearing is, oh my gosh, it's just like last time. Bring it's the doom and gloom. Right, Anthony? What, what You heard me say my two favorite uh, sayings, data over drama and headlines do more to clarify and terrify and everyone has a reason why they prop that out there and it's it's kind of funny you said that because rebecca how long have these so-called youtube and facebook experts been calling for a a crash they're going to get it right they're already calling for the 2022 crash by the way okay because they've got they've got it wrong so blind squirrel and the acorn right just so you guys yeah. know in 2013 when we started coming out of our crisis if you will it took a good five years from 08 till we basically rebounded, in my opinion, around 13. That's when I started working with Belago Homes and we started building new homes again because during 07 to 13, most new home subdivisions had yellow houses and tumbleweeds going through them because construction just completely stopped. Why didn't we buy them all, by the way? I know, <sighs> right? Timing is everything. And in that time period, yours truly was not in a position to buy everything. I wish I had been, but I had lost everything during the last downturn, um, including seven homes. And I went through a divorce with two little kids. It was great times. <laughs> so that said, yes, I know. Hi, Anthony. How are you? 
No, I, I, I'm hearing your same story because I was kind of in the same boat. So Yeah, we all were. I mean, seriously, when I go back and I look at all the colleagues that I have that are still friends of mine today, we all, none of us foresaw before, right? So this is what I think part of the problem is people who are, I have clients right now who are tapping out who are telling me they're afraid, like there's tons of fear and the fear, I don't know that that has a good basis. And that kind of goes to your saying just now, Anthony, because the difference today, in my opinion, from 2013, we heard in 2013, there was all the shadow inventory. Do you remember that, Anthony? For years and years, uh, all the nope. shadow inventory was going to come blowstering through. I haven't heard that term in probably five years. Yeah, shadow inventory. Like from 13 through 18, easy. It was the ball's going to drop, the ball's going to drop, the ball's, and then the rates started coming up at the same time, and nobody was going to be able to afford it. And what about those people who had arms or who had all these other balloons and things that were going to happen. None of that happened. You know why? And now, now it's called foreclosure wave. Yes. Net forbearance slash foreclosure. And I know, Anthony, you go and talk an awful lot in educating people. Our appraiser that we had on last show that, uh, again, if you guys didn't watch it, you should go back and listen to it or watch it however you prefer to enjoy the information. It is really critical to understand how much we've increased in value and how the demand has shot up. So Anthony, why do people think we're going to have another foreclosure crisis? Um, I want to hear we, what we talked. We talked about it earlier. It, it, you have you have a lot of um, people out there who have their Facebook and YouTube PhDs. Um, <laughs> one moment they're experts in uh, the medical field. But uh -huh. then at another moment, they're experts in real estate. Oh, okay. So they, they like to get out there and get bad information. And, you know, if you have a, if you have this couple slides I showed you, the, 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 the first one I have up there. Okay, it, so hold tight and I'll get to your slides, Anthony. Okay, hold on. I got to switch yeah. the screens over and it's kind of scary. Well, the only reason I'm going to say because you're that. asking, because there, there, there's perfect advice out there, Rebecca, and there's expert advice. Well, and there's. There's, there's two differences there. Like, I didn't you know, you, a chance to do you, 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 no one, no one has a, no one's in, I'm, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't see in the future. And there's a lot of people out there a lot smarter than me, like both of you. Oh, um, but stop. What do, but what I do do uh -huh. is I follow the top experts who know what the heck they are doing. And I take the advice of them. And we started this last year in March with the advice we were doing. And you've seen me joke around and post. I have about six state 44 dinners that I won because I called back in March and April that the housing market wasn't going to crash in 2020. And then I doubled down in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> well, we already know what Anthony's favorite place is to eat steak 44. So Anthony, just so you know, up on the screen right now, I have the CFPB proposes foreclosure ban until 2022. This is one of the slides you sent me to put up on the screen today. The proposed rulemaking would provide a special pre-foreclosure preview period prohibiting servicers from starting foreclosures until after December 31st, 2021. Well, it's funny Talk because that that. that that came out yesterday. If you remember, because Rebecca, I know you followed me, but about a month ago, they extended the um, moratorium and the kicking people out. Remember, they extended it until June. Uh-huh. So I reached out to somebody I know who's really in, in the business, and they reached out to somebody who they know. And on my Facebook Live, I said this a month ago, and anybody can go on my wall and go back and look at Did it. Did you win a dinner out of it is really what I want to know. And I, and I said, I said, listen, here's what's going to happen. They're going to extend it to June. And then they're going to say, well, we're going to extend it to October. And then, oh, it's the holiday time. 
So they're going to do this moratorium until 2022. Okay. And everyone said, once again, they said I was nuts. So and it was funny, funny because somebody posted the other day about it was this weekend. There was post everywhere. Here comes the wave. Mm-hmm. Servicers are warning people to get ready for closure wave. So what comes out yesterday? This. So, Anthony, just so you know, I put up on the screen your PowerPoint presentation. For those of you guys listening on podcast, I apologize. We'll do our best to describe these slides for you. The first one says perfect advice versus expert advice. What's the difference, Anthony? Um, That's what I was just getting into about no one's an expert. But if you want to give a little example, it's kind of, you know, it's it's kind of like when you go to a doctor and you go in there and he says, let let let's see what's going to go on with you. And he he doesn't, you know. He analyzes the court of action and, and he recommends it's 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 his expert advice. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not perfect advice, but he's going to give you expert advice and then track you to see how you're improving and adjust to that one. Okay. Like I said, nobody has the perfect advice to give you. Not everybody's right. But if you follow the experts, you follow the data, you don't follow the drama, you'll, you'll, you're going to get the correct advice. So, Joe, we learned two things today. And, and you've seen me, you remember when I, last time I think it was on the show, we yeah. talked about Susie Orman, uh-huh. who's really good at wealth management. Yes. And she told all her followers back in June and July, do not buy because of foreclosure. Once all these people get off forbearance on December 31st, foreclosures are going to happen in September and the value of your home is going to be worth 50% less. Whoops. How right was she? Um, very not right. And the majority of people, I think, that are trying to have that crystal ball and do predictions are not are, are following the drama, not the data. So let's go back to your data, Anthony. The first screen I'm showing right now, the number of mortgages in active forbearance remains steady in millions. And right now, active forbearance is 2.61 million as of now. But back in May, it was more than double, it looks like, or real close to double that. And this is across the country, correct? This, yeah, these, these are national stats. We don't have the local stats. Tina you know, Tina Tambor, Rebecca, you know, the, yes. you know, you got local market stuff and I do. I do a lot of the national stuff because we want to do both uh, micro and macro. Uh-huh. But, you know, with this chart, it goes hand in hand with the next chart I'm going to show you. Is it Here's the pie the, chart? Because that's the one I have up right now. The pie chart is amazing because going back to the other one where it said 2.61 million, um, what, what it does there is, is you can see it gradually went down. So, you're going to hear people saying forbearance. Well, it's stay. We like to call it steady, even though it dropped. But this chart right here sums it up. What do you think when you hear 2.6 million people in forbearance? The people out there who are giving the bad advice are making people think 2.6 million people are going to go into foreclosure. But, okay, so let's time out here real quick. What's the population in the country? Because I believe it's far in excess of 2.6 million, like far. Because I know Maricopa County alone has like 5 million people. I don't know, what's it, like 387 so, million? Yeah, so I kind of feel like the number we're talking... Percentage-wise, percentage super wise, small. We're talking maybe 1% of the population, if that, if that. So yeah, I, yeah. I look at this chart. You know what this reminds me of, Anthony? During the downturn, 14% maybe were my traditional sales, and I had 85% foreclosures and short sales. Yeah, and, and that's the thing people have to understand. 2.6 million, this is what happens when people exit foreclosures. You can see here, you know, around 50% are paid in full, um, the other 34.2% are a repayment plan. And Rebecca, you'll know this because you were the short sale queen and you knew the market. Mm. These banks, and Joe, That's you'll nice. jump in here. Banks and servicers have learned their lesson. They do not want these houses back. They got pummeled last out. time. They yeah. got hammered. So now they'd rather forbear than foreclose. They'll figure something out. Yeah. So, hey, Anthony, are we ready for the next chart? 
Rich, no, because what I want to get into is, yeah, there's 14% of people that are in trouble. But Rebecca, what we're going to talk about and go down later on down the road is these people have equity in their homes. Yeah. They and that's the biggest difference homes. from last year. That does not mean that 14% in trouble are going to go into foreclosures. And, you know, that that means if you do that number, that's like anywhere from 300 to 700,000 people, mm-hmm. which sounds like a lot throughout the country. But it's, but it's not. Not. not throughout and, the and whole country. And that's why this next graph is so powerful. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite graphs that as a real estate agent, Joe, as a lender, people need to know what this chart does. It, it gives you the average foreclosures over the last 23 years per quarter. And That's actually a super there, cool chart, Anthony. I, I actually, I, that is a super cool chart. I like it. Number of consumers with new foreclosures. We are down to the lowest we've ever been on your whole chart that covers 30, no, 20 years. And, and, but here's the thing on that chart. If you see the average per quarter over the last 22 years, it's around 203,000 yeah. per quarter. Yeah. Now, Rebecca, people are going to say, oh, okay, well, the fourth quarter of 2020 was 14,000. There's moratoriums. And when they lift that, all these people are going to get in trouble. You know what? Foreclosures could double, triple, quadruple. And it's still and nowhere we, near where we were a long, long time ago. Ten times. At a normal times. market. But hey, but Joe and Rebecca, if they quadruple, what are the headlines going to say? That the foreclosures quadrupled and the whole world is falling. You know, it's just, it's the scare stuff that happens in the news. Hey, Anthony, I'm going to pass chart number five because we already talked about it. Can we jump over to six? Yeah, let's go to Lawrence Yoon. And if you guys don't know who Lawrence Yoon is, he's on the screen. He's the chief economist of NAR. So he's a pretty smart guy. NAR stands uh, for National Association of Realtors, for those of you guys who do not know. And Yep, thank you. And 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 here's a quote he says, because this guy's one of those guys who knows what he's talking about and but given the huge price gains recently which everyone's been seeing i don't think many homes will have to go to foreclosure i think homes will just be sold and there'll be cash left over for the seller even in a distressed situation so that's a bit of a silver lining in that we don't expect a massive sale of distressed properties Agreed. And then I just pulled up your next chart, Anthony, that says the default risk in the mortgage market from 1999 to 2020. And there's absolutely no red anywhere close to 2020. But there was a whole bunch of it leading up to 2006 and seven. So that's kind of interesting. Joe, do you want to jump in on this one? Because this is a this is a lender thing, because this is this is the Nina stuff. We did this. The Nina Ninja. Back then, back then, my dog could have bought a house. Right. Hey, because your dog had a pulse. With no money down, by the way. Hey, you know what? Real quick, that said, we're going to come right back to this riveting conversation, but we need to take a quick commercial break. Hi, my name is Rob Sell. I'm with Sell Home Inspections. Been doing home inspections in the Valley for about 20 years. I do a variety of home inspections from new builds, resale, commercial, multifamily units, fourplexes, duplexes, and even on up from there. I can be reached at 602-908-7355. Again, 602-908-7355. Thank you, and I appreciate it, and I look forward to hearing from you. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Rains with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century already. I want to say that experience truly matters. So when you're looking for your realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. However, my experience doesn't matter nearly as much as my clients' experience. I dare you to Google me. You'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I truly care to help navigate you and your family 
to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Have you been thinking about buying a new house or refinancing your existing mortgage? Interest rates are still around historically low levels. Why pay a higher rate when you don't have to? Call Joe Smith, me, at Epic Mortgage LLC, 602-741-4121 for a free mortgage quote or pre-qualification. Epic Mortgage LLC is a locally owned, independent mortgage brokerage that provides low-cost options for its customers. Independently owned means low overhead, so you get the best rates, fees, and service. Keep more of your money. Brokers are better. Realtor recommended for over 20 years. Contact me, Joe Smith, at Epic Mortgage today, 602-741-4121. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Lawyer's Title is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. With access to the largest group of title insurance underwriters, Lawyer's Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud. Creating solutions that save time and money for everyone, ask a realtor or a loan officer today about using Lawyer's Title on your next real estate transaction. Lawyer's Title is a member of the Fidelity National Financial Family. Okay, we're back now. And I want to talk about this slide here. Um, Anthony, you just put Joe on the on the spot. Trying to bring back his memory banks from 2007. I got six. a little PTSD with this, but, yeah. but I'll get there. So the movie Get Short really helps explain a lot. The big short. The big, the big short. short. Yes, the big short. Thank you. With the guy from The Office. Not Get Shorty. Not a Get Shorty. <laughs> no. The big short. The big short explains what led up to the last crisis, which, of course, we're not dealing with today. Joe, right before we went to commercial break, Anthony put you on the spot and he asked you about what does all that red stuff mean? What is that? I can I can explain this pretty easily because we were right in the mix of it. So um, it almost dates me, to be honest with you. So if you watch the chart from 1999 till right about 2007 or so, there's a cliff right there where it falls off. There's a lot of products that were made, built for the mortgage industry to sell mortgages, to create revenue, to get borrowers into loans. So we did a lot of stuff that probably shouldn't have been done. And it was sold. But it wasn't illegal at the time. It was not, it was fully legal. They <laughs> so did it. So you should it. look over there. Look in the camera, Joe, when Oof. you say that. Do I have to cop to this? <laughs> so, so we did a lot of crap that probably shouldn't have been done. Not when I say we, I mean the mortgage industry. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of stuff that probably shouldn't have been done and we paid for our sins. And you can actually see how we've adjusted through the rest of this chart going from 2007 all the way through, you can see the risky products are pretty much non-existent. Gone. Now, now, don't get me wrong, there's still a few out there, but they're very, very small in relation. So we've adjusted what we've done on the mortgage side to counter what happened from 1999 through 2007. Yeah. So basically, Joe, what you're trying to say is you guys learned your lesson and it's a lot tougher to qualify for a loan now, which causes less default in people's homes. For now, yes. For now. Yes. Okay, so Anthony, I really miss seeing your face, so I'm gonna slide over to find you. There you are. So were there more charts that you wanted to talk about? Because if not, I do have some other riveting stats to share with you too. Yep, just just real quick, we'll go through the next ones real quick, because these are like four or five charts, because we're back to what you talked about in the beginning. A lot of people are, are panicking. This is the same as it was before. Okay. And these are 
these are summarizing real quickly why it's not. And this next one, the inventory one, we can go through real quick. Okay, sure. Um, hold on, Anthony. I don't want to lose you. I wish I could keep a face of Anthony while I scroll through. So hold on, Anthony. I'm still talking to you. What me... do you want to see my face? Trust oh. me. <laughs> <laughs> what about your wife? Come on, man. That was the that was the best sales close I've ever had. I still don't understand how. <laughs> you don't know how that happened. It definitely wasn't my looks. Okay, so I need to figure out how to scroll down, and I apologize. So bear with me, Anthony, because I am in charge of the slideshow, and I'm just going to play right. current slide. Okay, so we got through that one. All right, this oh, one. Hey, I got you now. I can see it. You can see it? Oh, good. Okay. I can see you. Yay. It's so, Anthony, you can see us. Monthly investors of existing single-family homes for sale. And this is just a simplified thing, Rebecca. We know we're in an inventory low crisis right now. I would say crisis, but low inventory. Um, and that totally disagree with that chart, by the way. So, this must be a, a, a countrywide stat, right? This is countrywide, yeah, okay. because we're a lot lower in Arizona on that one. Oh, yeah, but the point the point you got to <laughs> yeah, look at is look where we were at on the years leading up to the housing crash, the 2007 with inventory, compared to where we're on now. We were over overbuilt, over inventory back then. And I've been telling people that for years. The the at least here in our local market, the builders that are out there will remember very well. Unlike we just talked about in our last episode the letter we got from Fulton Homes talking about how basically they can't hold anybody in their contracts anymore. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, actually, um, I was a new home sales manager and we were literally suing people if they refused to close escrow during that time period. It was crazyville. Uh, and so yeah, well, when, I, when I look at this today, our local market, this one shows uh, in 2020 that there were two months supply of inventory. I'd be grateful for two months of inventory right now. <laughs> we are down to two weeks and in some areas, even less than that, depending on the city. And so that's that's kind of scary. Your next well, what's, what, what, what's the Crawford market index out if you want to talk about? I mean, that's, uh, we talked about. Yeah, we talked about it on our last show. Okay. It, it's four point nine nine or no, four hundred and ninety nine right now. So we've dropped a little bit. Which smidge. So, smidge. Smidge, such a small smidge, you really can't tell in the grand scheme of things. The chart that I'm showing right now does show 13 straight years below the 50-year average. So pretty much ever since the downturn, things have definitely changed as far as homes being built. And um, yeah, we've been building under what we should have. And then leading up to the downturn, we had a whole bunch of houses right there. Um, and then, you know what? And, and going back, not going back to that chart, but if you've seen a Tina Crawford report on, she has a really good chart, which you have. It shows not only we underbuilt, but the amount of people that have moved oh, into yeah. Arizona in the last 10 years, it was like 4.9, something like 4.9 million compared to 1.2 million yeah. homes built. We're basically 5, 5 million here in the Valley where 20 years ago we were three. And in that time period, I believe 600 housing units way, were built. Way outpacing yeah. the, the rate of build. Yeah, way, way, way. And so like looking at this chart you have here today, you, you switched over to income, which I think was more of a Joe chart too. Um, what does this mean, Anthony? This is just, everyone's thinking right now because they're all panicking because homes are skyrocketing, Rebecca. You see that people are making crazy offers on homes. But when you look at this one, if you really dig deeper, it goes into the percentage of, what of your median income is needed to actually buy a house. So even though house prices are going up, people are, are making more money now and with mortgage rates being as low as they were, as they are, their percent of income isn't as high as it was back in the crash. Does that make sense? It totally does. And now where it looks like we have 348 billion 
um, of home equity cashed out. What, it, what are we talking about here, guys? This is a Freddie Mac chart. Do you, you know what you're Joe, you about? could jump into this one and clarify that one. But if remember back in the crash, everyone used their home equity as um, an ATM. Oh, yes. Correct. And and as you can see, it was $824 billion um, from 2005 to seven. Now, we have the total right now from 2018 to 220. People are tapping out. Yeah, they're tapping out more now because of some issues, but it's $348 billion. That is a huge difference that people wised up with their equity and the money. And Joe, you, I mean, you, you, you do the refinances, cash out to me. What's your feeling on that? It's, 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 they're always there. And I would say that they're slower than normal as far as the cash out stuff. I think a lot of people during the downturn, they learned a little bit of a lesson. They, they didn't, they're not taking cash out to go buy a boat anymore. That's Are what you it looked sure like. about that? I'm, I'm sure about that. Because you see their credit reports. Yeah, right? we see. Mm -hmm. Well, they tell me, like, well, you know, why do you need this money out? But the, the, the common theme is either to pay off a little bit of debt uh -huh. or to for a college. It's back to the traditional reasons. It's not to pay off my brand new Escalade or to pay off that $200,000 boat that we just bought. Okay. Like that, that stuff, the luxury stuff is not being taken out of their houses anymore. So that's interesting you say that because during COVID, when we went up north last spring, it seemed like there were campers everywhere, people on quads everywhere, side yep. by sides. So I thought people were still cashing out their equity to buy luxury items. And you're just not seeing it on their applications. No, to, you know, it's almost to the, to the previous slide where people now can actually afford things. So they got into a payment where maybe they were able to refinance and go from $2,500 a month to twenty to $2,000 a month in their payment, which freed up 500 bucks a month, for them which they then with. went and bought the trailer with that $500 a month. So they're not robbing the equity. They, they bettered their situation, which enabled them to go get the toy. So I gotta ask you both a question here, Anthony and Joe, because you guys are very dialed in and you both know a lot of people. And I just, I, I don't understand. Where is all the money coming from then? Is it just that the economy is that good and people are earning that much more money than they used to? Because if you read the news and the headlines, that would not make you believe that. So I'm just trying to figure out where's all the money? Where'd it come Anthony, from? Anthony, what do you think? I, I have an opinion. Let me I, see like if you saw, Like if you saw what it said in that chart, like I, I discussed earlier in the affordability, people have made more money, Rebecca. They're saving more money. And if you didn't save your money during the lockdown, that's your own personal fault. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be harsh, but you you couldn't go on trips. You couldn't go anywhere. You were some people didn't have to make pay. They were able to save money uh, with the interest rates being as low as they are. You can only eat steak 44 so many times. No, that's not true. <laughs> I, I, Anthony, I have a punch card. I'm sure card. you do have a punch card. It's true, card. though. I, I, I agree 100% with Anthony. We, we've all managed, we should have all managed to save some money. Uh huh. The, the trips are, are non existent. The, you, you've trimmed down so much of what you used to do, and you're just not, you, you're not, not spending, spending it. Like you used and to. the other piece is, uh, I, I don't believe the high paying jobs were really as affected through COVID as the lower paying jobs. Correct. So your lower paying jobs, I they, agree with they that. got crushed, uh -huh. but they weren't generally your homeowners. Anyway, it's the, the, the upper end really didn't get hit that hard with COVID. So I Joe, that was, Joe, that was a great point because it was a service industry that got crushed. And, you know, they're future buyers. But when you look at the unemployment chart, the people that were losing their jobs, the big percentage of people were 24 and younger. Right. 
which, you know, not saying they're not home buyers or people out in the work field, but that was a big percentage of that unemployment. I mean, one job loss was too many, but that's it's that's just it's just the nature of the market. Yeah. So, okay, gentlemen, I got my two of my favorite guys here on the show with me today, and I want to get real with you on a couple of points. Number one, are we really now at a point like California and so many other places where we're just going to have home buyers not be able to buy because they don't have savings in excess of a regular down payment? Because, you know, to piggyback on our last episode we just recorded, Joe, we had an appraiser on, and right now most people are buying and they're having to waive appraisals. They're paying more than what the home is quote unquote worth in the opinion of an appraiser. Truly that appraisal is only to determine how much money the bank might loan on something, but you have to have so much more money to actually purchase. So what does our, what, what do our buyer pool look like going I'll, forward? I'll go first. I'll, I'll say that, yes, I believe that we are stretching forward to that point where, mm-hmm. where it, it is going to be, you are going to get priced out. If you want to live in Tempe, you are going to get priced out. Like any big city, if you want to live in Gilbert, you are going to be priced out. If you want to live in, in an immediate suburb of Chicago, you're probably priced out as well. Like That's just the reality that's a lot just, of the rest of the country That's just what our city is, is coming through. Mm-hmm. And the other piece is, if you are a young person and you don't have the funds saved up, a lot of people traditionally, they... they I'll say they get they get some help from their parents. Like it's it not happens. it's not that crazy Bingo. to get some Bingo. help. So a lot of people we see a lot of gifting going on. We see a lot like a lot a lot of parents are coming through for their kids and they're taking fifty grand and they're, they're because saying, the three percent's just not going to do it here, anymore. Here's ten percent and boom here you go and and that happens probably for me four or five times a month. It's almost common. Okay, we, we have it's a gift a letter thing. on standby. No, it's well, a great thing. I, I I got into my first house that way. I, I Anthony, what's your opinion on that? I, I agree with you on that one. And Rebecca, you're talking about where the buyers and are they I have a bleeding you? heart for all these first timers that I want to help and right now I'm Florence. having to tell them no. Florence. Hey, one one point I like to make on that one is when we were on a call with Tina about a week ago and Rebecca, you know home price in Arizona, certain areas are going up 20, 25 percent. Oh yeah. She's not she's not promising your equity will go up twenty percent, but what she is saying is yeah, home prices are going up, but with rates the way they are right now, if you buy now and you and you don't, if you want to wait and you buy now, you're going to make money throughout this year on the home that you just purchased. Well, and so, that is so, huge because when we run into low appraisals, we are telling them like, hey, in a few months, the appraiser will have caught up to what you just paid, like you're setting the curve or, or what you will, right? You're ahead. You're mm-hmm. ahead. So one of our colleagues, uh, Jonas, we adore, he was saying, well, you're just ahead of the curve. You're buying the summer's price now. Um, so is that really what you're you're seeing out there too, Anthony? Absolutely. And I think people are doing it. Home, everyone wants home ownership, but it's also an investment. I mean, I, I know for a fact myself, you know, I, you know, I bought my cabin up north and then I have my home. And I'm looking at the values, what they're worth now. Couldn't even have dreamed what they would have been worth no. when I purchased it. So if you don't, basically what you're saying is if you better get in now, even though it sounds hard, because if you don't get in now, you may not get in. And that's a whole different conversation. And Joe can agree on this one. We do see interest rates ticking up a little bit. I mean, and everyone's, oh, they're what, 3.2 now? Oh, oh my God, 3.2. Oh, We're going my to gosh. The, the world. The tragedy. tragedy. But, but if they tick up a little bit more, you know, we're, you know, they're predicting they're going to tick up a little bit more, but it's not going to be outrageous. Back in 2008, they were around six, five and a half, six. You, there, you have a great interest rate right now. You're never going to get this again. There will be places to buy and to own. 
they're just not in Gilbert and Chandler and Tempe for for 500,000 or under. So if you are priced in that market, we used to say it, I hate this, we back in like 2002, we'd say you have to drive till you qualify. Drive till so, you can qualify. So we there, said that all the time. As you go further out, the prices come down because location, location, location. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually you're going to come to a development that you can afford. And that's where you have to start out. So, Anthony, you're going to like this chart. Can you see it from where you're at? It's the Cromford. Yep. Okay. So, talking about driving till you can qualify. Our number one city in the Valley of the Sun mm, currently go. is Avondale, number one in demand. Reason why it's number one in demand is it actually eclipsed. It's like double how the average at a, like a thousand Cromford market index last month because it's affordable. There's a yep. lot of new builders and they're building at 300,000 or under. So if you want a home in the 200 to 300 range, you're going out to Avondale. 30, 40 minutes out of Phoenix? Out of Phoenix, West Side, yes. Yep. Um, the second how the second city um, in high demand is Gilbert, which is interesting to me because Chandler was ahead of Gilbert a couple months ago, and I think it's just there's just no homes for sale, so it's hard to buy someplace where there are no homes for sale. And then Fountain Hills kind of freaks me out because they went they moved up the chart quickly, and I'm just thinking there must be a availability in Fountain Hills where there isn't availability in other cities. Same with Cave Creek, and perhaps it's their price point. I don't know what it is, but. Interesting to see the top 10 starts with Avondale, Gilbert, Matt, Fountain Hills. Could be the season. Could be the season. I think it's all those California people like Fountain yeah. Hills. Yeah, maybe, yeah, and maybe it is those California people like in Fountain Hills. Scottsdale rounds up the top 10 as number 10. We have Mesa up there, Peoria, Cave Creek. You know what I, and Maricopa is number 11. They're at a Cromford index of 530. To put that in perspective, it's almost half of what Avondale is. So 530 means there's 5.3 buyers for every, for every, listing. For every listing. Correct. Um, the town of Buckeye, they've dropped 10% in the last little while. They're out there by Avondale, Paradise Valley. Um, just, it's hard, you know, not, there's not that many people who can afford Paradise yeah. Valley. So that's why it's at the bottom of the list and then Tempe. <laughs> and then if it wasn't mentioned, that means it's underneath those. And so the the towns that weren't mentioned, Coolidge, Florence. So you can still Casa buy a house Grande. out there is what you're saying? You can get there and, and it's a little easier to buy a house. You know, it's a little bit easier. So we had a listing in Santan Valley that last week we only had nine offers on. Only. Only in only a weekend. Nine. You got only a shot. Nine. And yeah, and, and it only sold for, um, I think, 15000 above list, which only. is really good. Only. So I think the thing at the end of the day, if somebody really wants to buy a home and they're first time home buyers, they're going to find less demand in the outlying area. So maybe we are back to saying drive till you can qualify kind of thing. I hate to say it that way, but that might be where we're going. And um, and just having a lot of patience because it's hard out there. And but that's, that's okay. It's okay to drive till you qualify. Like it's not a, a God given right to live in Chandler. Like you no. you have to. You're going to cost you money to, if you want to live in these places. And if nice you don't place. have that money, then you have to go somewhere else. I mean, how many people get to open up shop right right in the exact spot that they wanted to be? Hey, it's, hey it's Rebecca, to jump in on that, to jump in on that too. Um, with the job market right now, the way things are with the pandemic. A lot of a lot of people. You, it doesn't matter where you live right now. You can work from home. True. Right. So, That's transportation or commuting to work. Oh, I live in Coolidge. My work in Phoenix. Who cares? A lot of a lot of employees right now. You can work from home. That's what you're looking for in a house. And and that that will definitely change our conversation. So those buyers who are adamant about being in town, they're just going to have to save up more money or borrow from mom and dad probably to pay the difference of what 
maybe the home appraises for versus what you're having to actually write a contract. And it's not the end of the world. It just, I do have a bleeding heart and it makes me very sad for those folks. It really, really does. But it's not all tears because interest rates are still super low, right, Joe? Still low. Don't 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 believe the news. They're the, still low. Yeah, don't. they're still stupid low. Being under anything with that starts with a three is still anything a fantastic with a three, rate. Come on, come on. Seriously. So, I want both of your opinions before we end the show because I think this is really valuable because none of us have a crystal ball. When is it going to get easier? Is it when interest rates go up, or when prices go up, or what's what's gonna what's gonna change our dynamics that we have today? What what do you guys forecast? Because, you know, obviously we we don't know for sure, but I'm curious what you're thinking. Go ahead, Ant. Um, I, you know, there there isn't a crystal ball, but you know, the good thing is when rates tick up. What does that, Joe? Why are they ticking up? It means the economy is doing better. That's what people need to understand. And I, I think, yeah, we're in a crazy market now. We're starting to see a little trend now where, Rebecca, like you said, you only got nine offers compared to 30 you might have had a month ago. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah, maybe. I, I priced it at the top of the market on purpose, and I, I, think, I still have that many. I, so you're asking when things get back to normal? And well, I, there's I'm, no normal. I don't think there's... But, 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 and this isn't a political statement, but it gets back to the slide. What we said earlier is stop letting these people live in their homes for free. A lot of people in forbearance and stuff like that strategically because they don't have to pay. We need inventory on the market. Stop it in. If they, if they need to move out and collect that equity, put the house on the market. They can pocket a bunch of change in their pocket and do what they need to do. And that's going to help this market out. So once they release all these homes and, people get out of getting help and they start putting these homes on the market, that that's when things are going to change a little bit. Okay. I, I, I can see that. I, I don't see a whole, personally, I don't see a whole lot of change. I see a, a five to 10 year run like this because there's just that many more people coming to this area and we cannot build fast enough. And there's now not a lot, not a lot of land left to build mm-hmm. and the land that is being built, they're very proud of their land. So it's, it's now not cheap. Now, if you want a new build in Chandler, the the whatever lots there are eight hundred thousand eight hundred to live in Chandler. So now, yeah. so if you if you expect it to get better, I don't see where it gets better except for the, we have to build out on the outskirts and and infill from there. There's no the product is not people are not moving. They're they're not getting out of here. They're coming here. What I'm noticing is a ton of apartment buildings everywhere. Everywhere yep. you look, apartment buildings are going up. We just don't have enough roofs for all the people because coming here. Because that's now affordable, right? Because you can't live in Chandler now unless, unless you live in an apartment. In an apartment. Yeah. So that's that becomes an option. And I think that's really I think that I think this is our new norm. I don't know that there's gonna be a normal to go back to because what when you look at any of those charts, what year was normal? Like seriously, in my twenty eight years, I don't know that there ever was a normal year. Maybe two thousand one. But right. in two thousand one the interest rates are seven percent and the sales prices are hundred and fifty thousand. So big difference. Than what we're dealing with today. So I think moral to the story, I want to encourage A, my sellers to stop being afraid. Because until my sellers get off the fence, because they're they hear all these horror stories, so then they don't want to list and then they don't want to buy. But the house that they're in today may not suit their needs anymore, but they're hanging on because they're afraid. They're afraid to go shopping, right? So until the fear goes away, I don't think that we're gonna because if people start listing, then there would be homes to buy. Whether or not. 
So I do think that's probably the biggest problem. And then for my buyers who are renting right now and want to stay out of the market till it gets easier, I'm really afraid they're going to wake up and find that interest rates are in fours and the sales prices are $100,000 more. So yes. they will not be able to buy in a year or two years. Correct. That's happening. That is definitely going to happen. So if that's definitely going to happen, I urge anybody listening to do everything you can to persevere through what is definitely a harder market to win in as a buyer. But if you have a home to sell, at least it offsets whatever you know, you're know you doing on the other side. If you're the first time buyer, you go buy your house out in outskirts of Santan Valley, you get into your first house, you do well, right? You, 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 you have a money. house. Now, it's five years later, you've gotten a promotion, you're making more money, you're starting to save some money, you've made some money into your house. Now you can you went from having a $1,800 a month payment, and now you can actually afford $2,700 a month because you've done really well. Right. Now you sell that house, and now you want to move closer to town, great. Let's go look in Gilbert and get into the $2,700 a month payment. Right. And, and you will be able to do that. But you're not going to... Be able to do it straight you, from you the shoe. You're just not jumping right in. Unless you get lucky and you get mom and, and dad to help you. Unless you get some help, right? Unless you can yeah. manage that that payment and offset the, the down. Right. Anthony? Hey, Rebecca, Rebecca, before you close, because I don't want you don't have to go back to the screen, but I wanted to post, it was the last screen I had, but this is a compliment to you and the show you're doing. But uh-huh. it, it goes back into a, a, a chart. Something we posted from Housing Wire, and this is on March 13, 2020. This is a March 13, 2020 um, post right there. Is it this? No, the next one. The next one. A year from today, when the economy is likely recovering, we have a coronavirus vaccine and we're making our way back as a society. Ask yourself this question when reflecting on these unprecedented times that we're in. Did I do enough? Did you do everything you could to reach your neighbors and be a positive resource to them? Interesting. And, and I say that because what you are doing right now with this show and educating people and Joe with you two come on all the time, there's a lot of bad information out there. People do not realize how much equity they have in their home. All those people in forbearance and that red, they don't understand they're hearing bad things because they have people wanting to steal houses from them or telling them to go into foreclosure so mm-hmm. they can get it at a great rate. If you can help one person, anybody listening, Right now, if you have one person who might be in trouble, reach out to these two. They know what they're talking about. Find out the equity in your home. See what you can do to get that house sold and throw money in your pocket to get through this rough time. So, Rebecca, did you do enough? I absolutely applaud you. Joe, you also. You guys did do enough to get the word out there to let people know, unlike some other people out there, those PhD experts. So. Gotta love you, Anthony. Thank you for your time today and for coming on and sharing your wealth of information. And same with you, Joe. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you. Always. Thank you. What a great show with Anthony Penna of Lawyer's Title and Joe Smith of Epic Mortgage. Those two were awesome. If you want to get a hold of Joe because you're thinking about refinancing or possibly purchasing, please give him a call at 602-741-4121 or check him out at epicmortgage.com. I'm sorry, myepicloan.com. Anthony Penna can be fined at Lawyer's Title if you need to get a hold of him, but I'd be more than happy to get you in touch with Anthony. Both of these gentlemen have been working in the industry for many, many years, and I hope you guys enjoyed the show. What a great show, and thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. 
We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. Otherwise, we'll have another show for you again right here next Monday at 11 a.m. Arizona time. I'm on vacation every single day Cause I love my occupation Hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation every single day Every, every single day